Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm excited that we can, uh, we are going with our third week of our Good Neighbor Project, and um, there's all kinds of things that I have to recap. A few things that I had to get off my chest today, so I'm excited that I can have this therapeutic moment with you, and uh, you can assist me with that, but um, you know, in a moment, I'm going to talk about how we can't allow meteorologists or environmental uh, specialists, environmental compliance officers, to allow us from doing good. Got it? Everybody understand that? Okay. All right. But I want to give you kind of a recap of where we've been the last couple of weeks. We are in our series, Good Neighbor Project. And uh, we've been challenging you over the last couple of weeks to think of ways to do surprising acts of kindness within your circle of influence to give maybe just a little opportunity to spread the love of Jesus with someone, you know, that you work with, a family member, a next door neighbor. And I've heard several stories of people who have been doing some of these things. You know what? A few of you have been really, really nice to me lately. And I'm wondering, hey, am I getting good neighbor project right now? I'm not sure. Um, but I've heard lots of stories of people, you know, doing things within their neighborhood. And, um, and we've done lots of things within our community as a church as well. So keep those things up. Think about how you can do a surprising act of kindness. Um, it could be as simple as buying someone coffee. But um, those things make a difference. And it gives you an opportunity to share the love of Jesus Christ with others. So... Um, our first week, we talked about first things first in this series, is that the first things first, and the scripture is very clear, the first things that we need to remember is love God and love your neighbor. If you don't get those things right, kind of everything else is meaningless. Another way that it's put in 1 Corinthians 13, if you don't have love, it's like you're a, just kind of a symbol or a gong that is ringing. It's kind of like you don't ring true to what you say you are because God is love. God is demonstrated by love. So if love isn't growing in our hearts, if we are not loving God and loving our neighbors, then we can, all the other things that we do is kind of irrelevant and sounds like kind of um, even hypocritical to the world if we don't have love in our hearts. Because it's the core of what uh, the message that Jesus gives us. This is the core of who we are to be. So we, so we talked about first week is that we have to re remember first things first. Don't get caught up in all the other details. Get caught up in all the other things that sometimes can divide Christians. Remember first things first. Last week, we talked about that we need to do good because the world is watching we need to do good because the world is watching. And we looked at the book of Titus where they were in a place in the island of Crete where the, the area that they lived in, it was pretty negative. And there was lots of bad going on around them. And sometimes you may feel like you're in a world like that. Um, and he just encouraged me. He said, you still, you need to make sure that your influence your character, your words are trustworthy. You're good. You're doing the right thing. You're fair with people. You are doing good. Because if you don't, then nobody will trust you. And if us as Christian people say we are following Christ and they, people see us and they say, well, I, I don't really kind of like what I see. 
We're never going to have an opportunity to be an influence on others. We're never going to truly represent Christ in a good way. So we need to do that. And so today I really want to encourage you to not grow weary. Don't get tired. Don't give up. Keep doing good. So um, good does not always elicit goodwill. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Doing the right thing doesn't always elicit goodwill. Sometimes doing the right thing, it feels like others perceive it or it doesn't, you know, you don't get this response back of wonderful things. You know, I I know that, you know, in my life, I try especially to follow kind of rules of the road. And it drives me crazy when people like go around the lines, cut in line, when people at the school here at Vista Peak, you know, jump in front of everybody else, use the wrong lane, that kind of stuff. Because you're, you're driving in the right spot, you're waiting and it's going to take you a long time. You got places to go to and somebody else breaks the rules and it's like that they got there faster. It doesn't And there's many times in life, and that's a trivial example, where it seems like other people are getting places faster because they're not doing good. You've heard the saying that people say is good guys finish last. Sometimes that is true. Sometimes it's true that just doing the right thing, being like trustworthy, being a good person, sometimes puts you in the back of the line and everybody else seems to be cutting. And it doesn't seem to be fair. And so sometimes it is an incredible temptation to say, throw your hands up in the air and say, the whole world is a mess and I'm not, I quit. I quit doing the right thing. I'm not going to do it anymore. Uh, I was thinking about like parenting experiences and this is one that you can relate to if you have multiple kids. When you have your first kid... Oh, man, like that car seat is like perfectly installed. There is like no germs in the house. Everything is sanitized. Everything is perfect. You read two books a night before you go to bed. There's like all of these things. And like there's a certain point in time where it's like, oh, I'm tired. Like that second kid better figure it out on their own, right? And, And that's kind of the way it goes sometimes is that we... Maybe intentionally, but even subconsciously, kind of just slide back a little bit. And we just slide into, you know what? I'm tired of doing the right thing. I'm tired of making the right choice. And over time, that can slowly erode. And the scripture knows this. And the scripture knows this is kind of like a common thing that we need a reminder of. And so we see it in scripture in a number of different places. The encouragement Keep going. Don't quit. Well, uh, we've had several good neighbor projects experiments over the last couple of weeks. Our first one, and I was um, ecstatic. We're trying to do things that bring people together and also like do good in the neighborhood. We stuck. We our first good neighbor project at the beginning of this month. We decided to throw a neighborhood water balloon fight. Why? Because summer is fun, and we wanted to bring the neighborhood together, and we thought that would just kind of be a fun thing to kick off our Good Neighbor Project. Well, the day of, and I share, you know, we were looking at forecasts day after day. We had multiple apps. Whitney, who's not here today, was like, was texting me updates about weather and all this different stuff, because, you know, if it goes goes south, 
uh, water balloon fight isn't very good if you have lightning and tornadoes. And we were looking at the weather and we were worried about all this stuff and we were, we were trusting the meteorologists. And finally, on about, at about uh, 11 o'clock, the day of our water balloon fight, we decided to call it off because they said high tornado risk, lightning, thunder, maybe rain showers, and we called our first Good Neighbor project off. Guess what I was doing all day long? I was praying that it, it would be brutal. I was praying for tornadoes. I know that's not a good thing, but, but you know, we we're, were planning this for several weeks, and we knew probably 200 people were coming, and we had bought all these balloons and all this stuff, and I'm like, if we cancel this, there better be some stinking rain. There better be lightning. There better be, like, people running for cover. There better be people in their basements uh, getting shelter, because you know what? If these stinking meteorologists uh, are wrong, I'm going to be mad. Five o'clock rolls around. Oh, it's beautiful. It's 85 degrees. The sun is out. It's spectacular. And I, I, I was a bit upset, okay? We're trying to do good for our neighborhood, right? And the plans get mixed up. The next week, we postponed it to the next week. And uh, the forecasts were, you know, 90 degrees and beautiful. Um, and about four o'clock, an hour before the event, it started raining and it was, the wind was blowing. I'm like, are you kidding me? What, you know, I'm tr we're trying to do good here, right? Why all of this stuff? But it ended up being a great event and it was fine. But this past week, we had another little hiccup with our Good Neighbor Project. And this one is the one that I'm, I, I'm going to be having therapy uh, for for a while. So we had cleared it with the school. Um, one of my favorite Good Neighbor projects, this is a fun thing we did last year. We are ready for a $1 car wash. And I'll let you into the wonderful secret because, you know, I trust you people. But our $1 car wash, we invite everyone in the neighborhood to come for a car wash for $1. Best deal in town, right? And then when they come, we wash their car and give them a dollar. And they're like surprised and it's fun. And everybody's like, you know, and it's a great event. And we did it last year. And we had so much fun with that. And so Good Neighbor Project number three is going to be a hit dollar car wash. That's a slam dunk. You can't beat that, right? Um, I cleared it with the school about a month ago. Everything was great. They were excited about it. They were like, yeah, we'll try to get some people out. That's fantastic. Thank you guys for doing the good in the neighborhood. Awesome. Um, and so I showed up on Friday to pick up from the custodian the exterior key that open, that like allows us to get access to the exterior water for the building. So I showed up about 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Friday. And um, they directed me to the custodian. They said, he, he's in the cafeteria. Go on over there. And, um, and I went over. And he was standing there. And, and you know, I, uh, no big deal. There was somebody else standing next to him. And I walked up to him. And I said, hey, hey Ken, can, we, can I get the key uh, for the water for our car wash tomorrow? And, and he, I, I, he hesitated a little bit. It was kind of weird. And the lady right next to him jumped up right away. She's like, car wash what are you talking about a car wash and I was like yeah we're doing a car wash the school you know approved that we're doing a car wash tomorrow and um, just getting a key for the wall she said you can't do a car wash I'm like what why can't we do a car wash and I was like who is this person I've, I've been in this building hundreds of times and I've never seen this person before I'm like who is this person she's like 
I am the environmental compliance person for Aurora Public Schools. She comes to the building maybe once every three years and happened to be standing next to the custodian the moment I used the words car wash. And that uh, it went into motion multiple uh, things that, that banned car washes from this school and every school in the history of Aurora Public Schools um, from here and forever. And we're, we're talking, I was like, I was like, well, you know, she said, you can't have soap that goes into uh, the runoff, into the drains. And, and we're like, how about if we make sure the soap is like environmentally friendly and it doesn't do any damage? She's like, nope, you can't. There's no soap that you can possibly do any of that with. And it cannot go down our, the drains and it can't do anything. She's like, and we're like, she's like, you could do a car wash without soap, with water. But this is what you have to do. In order to do that car wash with just water, you must have a docking station for all the cars. And it has to have a, this is a new term that I, I, I learned, a rock sleeve around the car. And so the car would have to be encased in a rock sleeve. That's one of the um, kind of, like you've seen them in construction sites, rock with, uh, with fence around it. The car would have to be, there would have to be a rock sleeve all the way around the car to make sure that any mud that comes from the car onto the ground gets filtered before it goes into the storm drains because we can't have mud in the storm drains. And our custodian's like, what? You can't have mud from cars in storm drains? Um, we have mud going down the drains all the time. Yes, but you're not deliberately putting mud down the storm drains. That is something you can't control. A car wash, you're deliberately sending mud down the storm drains. So you must have a filtration system. And also, you have to set up somebody at the storm drain, ensuring that no debris goes down the storm drain. Um, so, you know, pretty simple. If you guys want to work on that, you guys can figure that out. No soap. And you must have docking station to filter any water coming off of cars. But, you know, have a great time, guys. You know, you can work that out by tomorrow. And we're like, oh, my goodness. Um, and so, essentially, what took place was there are 4,500 employees in Aurora Public Schools. And I happen to mention the words car wash next to the one employee in out of 4,500 people they would have put an end to our car wash it was um it was quite a coincidence and quite an interesting thing and we tried to get a different location but on one day's notice that was not possible and so there's you know those these things are not life and death issues here but have you ever you've been in a moment before where you try to do good, and it just, it doesn't feel like good results of it. You know, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel good. And it feels like the whole world maybe is, it, it's negative. Or all of a sudden I try to do something for a neighbor, and all of a sudden I got drama in my life. Or it's difficult, or it's challenging, and I'm worn out. And I understand the feeling of saying, I quit. I don't want to do it. Let's read Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. And um, the book of Galatians is uh, a letter that Paul wrote to a church. And starting in chapter 5, chapter 5, verse 1, and I encourage you, 
Uh, go back and read it. it. It's really powerful. It's where Paul kind of lays out really a picture of following God in your Christian life in a practical way. And so in chapter 5, he talks about like making sure that legalism and like uh, being overbearing with other people is not a part of your life. He talks about pursuing freedom in Christ and making sure that freedom doesn't churn you into a person that is walking down a road where you're making excuses for yourself or walking into sin just because God gave us freedom. And then the, the beautiful portion of scripture that maybe you're familiar with where he talks about the fruits of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, all of those things. So Paul is talking about, these are like, these are very practical examples of what your life should look like as you follow Christ. And he continues that sentiment in chapter six, as he says this, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the spirit should restore that person gently. Watch yourselves or you may be tempted. You also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instructions in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time. We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. What a powerful, very practical portion of scripture that kind of gives us a, a roadmap for like making sure that we just kind of don't quit on those, those essential things that are really a part of uh, like who we should be. We don't just kind of give up or we don't let it slide. We don't like grow tired in doing the right thing. Uh, several of these verses could almost be the type of verses that like are life verses. Are verses that you could hang up on your mirror and like look at every day. I'm thinking of, you know, like the football teams have like little little catchy slogans before like they run out on the football field. Sometimes they even like they touch a little sign that has like a positive message like go beat them or something like that. Uh, you know, something like that in football. Maybe something else. I'm not quite sure. Uh, it's been a long time since I played football and I was concussed a few, several times when I did play. So I don't recall. But... Um, like one of those lines that you like, if you read that every day, it would be productive. It would be helpful. I've committed several of these verses to memory that like over and over, I need these reminders. It's one of those messages that like maybe as a parent, you should, it should elicit an eye roll from your kids. And I'm serious about that. It should elicit an eye roll from your kids because they've heard it from you over and over in multiple ways. Because it's that important for us to remember again and again and again. And these people here are struggling and it's hard and they're trying to do the right thing. 
But it's very easy as a person just to say, I'm tired. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of doing the right thing. I'm tired of, like, being nice all the time. I'm tired of, like, doing good for my neighbor, and it doesn't seem like anybody really cares. I'm tired of it. And you know what? Stinking environmental compliance people are on my back whenever I try to do something good. And it's easy to fall down into this kind of mindset. But let's, let's pause and look at this a little bit more and remind ourselves that we, we, need to, we need to keep on. We need to push through. We need to persevere and do the right thing over and over, even when the results aren't immediate and even when uh, it doesn't feel like uh, good is returning from our acts of goodness. Um, a couple of things that the uh, few first few verses is that Paul is continuing to talk about, like I said, a carryover from chapter 5 of things that people fall into on a regular basis. You know, getting caught, you know, getting caught up in like being too overbearing with others. Getting too mad at others when they skip the... Um, uh, skip in front of you at the pickup line at school and seem to be breaking the rules. Getting, get, and this is, this is what causes us to want to quit. When we look at all the other people around us and say, look at, they're breaking the rules. What's going on? And it says, you should be gentle and you should be gracious. When other people are, 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 are struggling, our response shouldn't be, like, the, you know, we get angry, we get mad, we get overly judgmental. We should say, how can we be gentle and help them, uh, re, you know, restore what is ever, whatever is going on in their life? But also having the balance of not following, falling into that same temptation. The true goodness. And, you know, if you're talking about the term, this is what we've been talking about a lot with the series Good Neighbor Project. It's just goodness is the type of person that is overly gracious and always gives other people the benefit of the doubt but doesn't take advantage of other people's goodwill that's a great thing to try to pursue and that's kind of what he's summing up here is is be gracious with others give others the benefit of the doubt but don't take advantage of others goodwill don't like flip it around and try to like try to like expect uh, that from everybody else. Be the type of person that genuinely just, you know, is, is gracious and humble and understanding. And then it talks about carrying each other's burdens. When other people are struggling, do the good thing. Help them out. Something we haven't really talked about too much in this series, but it's definitely a part of it. There are times where doing the good thing is helping somebody out like financially. Or helping somebody out with a significant amount of time. That can grow tiring, right? That can grow tiring. If, the, if it feels like I'm working really hard to try to like have everything in order. And somebody else's life is a mess. And I'm bailing them out all the time. Now, we, we've talked about here before. And I'm not going to get into it today. But we've talked about we don't want to be codependents. And we're not responsible for other people's actions and you don't have to like bear uh others burdens to the point where it's harmful to you but if you have an opportunity to do good do it 
Try to do it. If you can do something to help somebody else out, do it. And you know what would be a great thing that is an add-on to that is, you know, talking to them and helping them out and saying, you know what, how can, how can, how can we move this forward so that it doesn't happen again? And being a person that can be uh, truthful in their life and maybe talk about some of these things that the, the verses um, continue on to talk about. But, but if you can carry someone else's load for a moment in time, if you can help somebody else out and you have opportunity to do it, do it. Are you willing to do it? Carry one another's load. It continues to talk about don't take pride in your own actions and don't compare yourselves to other people. That's a world where goodness gets sapped and taken away when you would play the comparison game. You know, because you can, you can always find somebody else that isn't doing as much as you or doesn't seem to be uh, meeting that kind of standard like you. And you can always say, you know, they didn't show up to the PTA meeting. Like, why should I? And you can always kind of play the game of comparison and like just kind of get into this bitter world. He says, don't compare yourselves to others. Don't like, don't do that. Instead, and this is what verse 7 talks about, don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from their spirit will reap eternal life. This is the counterbalance of that. And these are just kind of like tools that helps us not like get jaded, not, not give up in doing the right things. Is first of all, we need to be gracious with others. We need to help other people out when we can. But then on the other side, we need to recognize that their actions have consequences. And they're always, always seem to play out over the long haul, not the short period of time. That's a frustrating principle that this scripture gives us. It says, you know, you know you, what you reap, you will sow, but there is, there, there's like a time period here. That, you know, it's, it's easy to in the moment like quit and say, I'm not doing the right thing right here, right now. And you may not face the consequences of that in this moment, but over time, what you do on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, the decisions that you make are shaping who you are for the long run. I remember multiple times that my father would, would try to instill this message in me, and I definitely rolled my eyes, but something did get through. Okay? But he, he told me over and over, I remember going to football practice, and I felt like I was working harder than everybody else. And I felt like I deserved the spot as starting running back on the football team. And it was confusing because I had a good year the year before and I was in line for it and I was working hard and I did everything. And like, it didn't make any sense. I went to practice and they had other people running, running back and I wasn't running, running back. And I I remember going home to dad and saying like, I'm going to quit. What's going on? I'm not like, what are they doing? They don't know what they're talking about. And he said, no, be patient. Just be patient. Just keep doing the right thing. Keep showing up. Keep working hard. Just relax. I'm like, I want to quit. And it took a while. And it took a while. But 
folks, you're, you're looking at the starting running back for uh, the football team in 1997, uh, Aurora Christian Academy's football team. We went one and seven. Um, so we won one game. But I was the starting running back. Um, that, mean I, that, that meant I got the football uh, 20 times a game and got four people that tackled me before I uh, like made, made one yard. But I got that privilege to do that, and that was really important to me in my life right there. There are multiple occasions in your life that you can think about. And this is a really critical principle that all of us have to grasp and we have to remind ourselves of. Am I willing to do the right thing for day upon day, month upon month, year upon year, without getting the credit, without having the result, without like really feeling the result of what I'm doing just because it is the right thing to do? Am I willing to do that? And there are many, many times where people will be jumping you in line, doing the wrong thing. But are you willing to do what is right, even if it feels like the outcome isn't going your way? Or will you compromise? Will you slide back? Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let's do good to all people, especially those belonging to the family of believers. Let me tell you something that is a hard truth that we all have to come to grips with. That in this world, there's many, many times where there isn't immediate justice. Many times. Many times where things are unfair. Many times where other people get ahead and, and like it, it moves on with, in ways that it shouldn't be, that aren't correct, that aren't right. But the scripture gives us this picture that is bigger and broader than everything else, but it's a frustrating picture. The picture is that in the end, in eternity, ultimately, everything will be made right. That's a hard truth to grasp right now because we're in, when we're in the middle of it, when we're in this life trying to do the right thing, there, you know, we may toil for year upon year. We may struggle year upon year and looking at other people that seem to be benefiting. And it's so easy to quit. It's so easy to give up. But the almost amazing wording that the scripture uses in a couple of places in the New Testament, where it talks about the, the most important moment in your existence. The moment where your life is over and you stand before your creator. And that's a moment all of us will have. Moment in time where we stand before our creator at the end of the, our life, and as the scripture puts it, give an account for our life. There's a picture in scripture where it says, you know, the person who cared for the poor, the person who cared for others, the person who humbly in their heart confessed their sins to God, the person who was faithful with what God put in front of them. Here is the response from our creator is well done, good and faithful servant. Well done good and faithful servant. It's possible. 
that our life is filled with moments of endurance and struggle, and sometimes people jump in ahead in line. It's possible. There's people that that's their whole life. And there will be a day where God looks at them and says, well done, good and faithful servant. Good and faithful. You did what was good. You were faithful. You, 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 you kept on. You persevered. You didn't grow tired of doing the right thing. You didn't give up. You humbly walked through your life doing, making the right choice. You humbly responded to your creator and, and had the spirit where you recognized your weaknesses and cried out to God and said, God, forgive me of my sins. You are good and faithful over the course of your life. And God enters those into his kingdom, his everlasting kingdom. It's a hard truth. Because it's something that as we struggle through and have difficulty in this day and in this life, it's easy to just say, I quit. But God has called us to, to endure, to do what is right. You reap what you sow. Don't forget, God cannot be mocked. God knows. God knows your heart. God knows what, what, what you're doing with your life. Don't give up. Will you join me in prayer? God, there's sometimes in my life where I want to quit. And I need this reminder over and over. God, thank you for for these words. And I thank you for this community of faith right here, this group of people who together we gather every week to encourage one another, to remind one another to not give up. I thank you that there's people in this room that have carried my burdens at times. I'm thankful, God, that there's people in this room that have been gracious with me. So God, I pray that you would humble my heart. God, I pray that you would help me to endure. That I would seek goodness. That I would seek faithfulness. That I would be satisfied with doing those right things even if nothing tangible comes to me in return. I want to take a moment right now for you to just kind of offer your own prayers to God. But what is really critical with a message like this is there's a peace that is beyond all of us, that is beyond you. You cannot do this alone. It is only by the grace of God that you can be saved. It's only by the grace of God that he can give you the power to endure, to be transformed, 
to do good. When our hearts get closer and closer to God, love just blossoms. Goodness blossoms. So if you try to do this on your own, you'll fall short. So cry out to God right now. Ask God for his grace. Ask God for his help. Ask God for his spirit. Confess your sins to God. Say, God, forgive me. And pray for endurance. Pray for strength. Even when it feels like you want to give up.